Welcome to the Faith for All podcast. This week, we're listening to a sermon given by Pastor Dana O'Brien about living the Lord's Prayer. We hope this message is inspirational for you. All right, you guys can be seated because this is a long reading. Uh, It starts in Matthew chapter 18 at verse 21. Then Peter came to Jesus and he asked, Lord, how many times shall I forgive my brother or sister who sins against me? Up to seven times? And Jesus answered, I tell you, not seven times, but 70 times seven. The kingdom of heaven is like a king who wanted to settle accounts with his servants. And he began the settlement, a man who owed him 10,000 talents was brought to him. Now, since he was not able to pay, the master ordered that he and his wife and his children and all that he had be sold to satisfy the debt. At this, the servant fell on his knees before him. Be patient with me, he begged, and I will pay you everything. The servant's master took pity on him and canceled the debt, canceled the debt, and let him go. But when the servant went out, he found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred denarii. He grabbed him and began to choke him. Pay back what you owe me, he demanded. And the fellow servant fell to his knees. He begged him, be patient with me, and I will pay you back everything I owe you. But the servant refused and said he went off and had the man thrown into prison until he could pay the debt. When the other servants saw what had happened, they were outraged. And they went and they told their master everything that had happened. Then the master called the first servant in. You wicked, wicked servant, he said. I canceled all that debt of yours because you begged me. Shouldn't you have had mercy on your fellow servant just as I had on you? In anger, his master handed him over to the jailers until he should be paid back all he owed. And that is how your heavenly father will treat each of you unless you forgive your brother or sister from your heart. That's a happy lesson, isn't it? Okay, so... Today we find ourselves in week four of our look at the Lord's Prayer. And I hope, I hope that, that you're finding out the same thing that I am. I didn't know this before. But, but I'm hoping that you're finding out that this is so much more than just, than just a prayer that we recite. In, in, indeed, it is a prayer that we live. A prayer that we live. It, it's something that helps us first grow in our relationship to God by living in ways that keep God's name holy by bringing in pieces of God's kingdom, by, by placing our wills at the service of God's will. And then, after that, then we grow in love toward our neighbors as we pray not only for everything that we need, but also we pray that we can help be the answer to others who pray for everything that they need. So, today we're going to look at the phrase, as I mentioned before, and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And while we'll focus on the forgiveness and the integral link between God's forgiveness and our forgiveness, I first want to note two small but really important points, okay? First, that little word right at the very beginning of the phrase, the little word and, okay? That little word and. And what it does is it ties the request for forgiveness to the immediately preceding request for daily bread. And the reason? It's really important. The reason is that just like our daily bread Forgiveness, too, is essential for life, especially life in community. We cannot function if we do not forgive each other and receive forgiveness in return. It is something that, like bread, we need each and every day. And second, and this is, again, every time I, I, this, point, this stuff is pointed out, I, I realize, oh my gosh, I've only been saying this for 60-some years and had no idea what I was saying. 
the corporate nature of this prayer, forgive us our trespasses, not forgive me my trespasses, right? So much of this prayer, in fact, all of this prayer is a communal prayer. It's a communal prayer. I'm, I'm betting that most of you think like me, that we think of forgiveness as a private and personal matter. You know, I forgive and I am forgiven, but, but this is we forgive and we are forgiven. Sin and brokenness infuse all of humanity. And often, often the sins that we commit and the sins that are committed against us are societal and corporate sins. And we've spent a lot of time over the past couple of years looking at that. Racism, sexism, all those isms are examples of these corporate societal sins. They are all encompassed in this prayer. So we are both asking forgiveness and offering to forgive for all those corporate sins. You guys, forgive us, Lord, right? And help us forgive others. So now we'll get now we'll actually get into the, the phrase. When we ask God to forgive us, exactly sort of what are we saying here? Well, first, first, since we're asking God's forgiveness, we're admitting. We're implicitly admitting that we've done something or or not done something, right? As a kid, I always used to think it was the stuff I did. You know, more often than not, it's the stuff that I don't do. Um, the opportunities that I miss to live as God's child in this world. So it's something we've, we are admitting that we've either done something or not done something that needs to be forgiven. We, we are sinners, you guys. We are debtors. We are trespassers before God. And so we ask God to forgive us, to wipe away the debt, however big it is. Now, because Jesus told us to ask God for forgiveness, we can be assured that when we go before God and we express our remorse and, and our intent to do better, that God will indeed forgive us. He's not just toying with us, forgive us, ask for forgiveness, and maybe, maybe I'll give it to you. No, God will indeed forgive us. That's God's promise throughout the Bible. Remember, what did Jesus say on the cross? You know, forgive them, Lord, they know not what they do. Throughout the Bible, God is always telling us, God will indeed forgive our sins. It is, it is who God is. It is part and parcel of God's very identity. Now, I often think of forgiveness as wiping the slate, slate clean. I like, the, I like the visual there. But the Greek word, aphiemi, is actually, it actually means to send away, to release, or to, to set free. And when God forgives us, God unilaterally and unconditionally releases us, setting us free and canceling whatever debt we owe. And I love this. I love this idea of forgiveness as setting someone free, because I'm sure that we can all think of situations where we've been forgiven for something, something really big, something that's been weighing on us, right? And, and when, when you, when you finally hear that word of forgiveness, right? Do you remember, do you remember the feeling of relief? The, the feeling of actual freedom that accompanies the forgiveness, the, the shame, the guilt, all that is completely wiped away. And it's as if somebody were lifting a huge weight off our shoulders. Sometimes it's a weight you don't even know you're carrying until it's not there anymore. Now I'm guessing, I'm guessing that most of us have been in situations, and it often happens at weddings or funerals, where lots of people from different Christian backgrounds say the Lord's Prayer in unison. And things are going, oh well, they're going along pretty well throughout the first half, right? But then you come to this petition about forgiveness, okay? And then things sort of go off the rail, as, as Jeff Warners like to say. You've got the Roman Catholics and the Lutherans asking for God to forgive our trespasses. You've got the, for, the Presbyterians asking for God to forgive our debts. And you've got anyone from a non-denominational background talking about sins. And so people start saying different words, and then things really fall apart when you get to the end and only half the people are talking. But surprisingly, 
The different wording makes sense. The different wording makes sense because two versions of the Lord's Prayer, remember we said there was a version in Matthew and a version in Luke, and these two versions use different words. They, they use different words. Luke uses both the words for sin and debts. We ask God to forgive our sins and we forgive those indebted to us. He wanted to make sure he didn't miss anything. Matthew uses only the words debts. God, forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors, right? But then, later on, after the prayer itself, when Jesus is explaining this petition in the prayer, that's when Jesus uses the word trespasses. So all three of these words are used in the prayer or right outside the prayer. And all three of them, all three of them focus on our integrated web of obligations and relationships. But each of them has a slightly different nuance. The Greek word for sin, and we've talked about this before, is hamartia. Hamartia, it means, it's an, uh, an arrow term. When you shoot arrows, it means to miss the mark or to fall short. Arrows are going all over the place, but they're not hitting the bullseye. The word we translate as trespass is exactly what you would think. It means overstepping boundaries. It means going someplace that we're not supposed to be, and naturally we usually associate it with no trespass signs. So when you when you violate the no trespass sign, you're you're going where you sh where you shouldn't be. You're doing something you shouldn't be doing, right? And then of course debt carries the idea of something owed, and it could be either a financial debt, which is the way we usually think of it, but it's also it also could be a moral debt. You're indebted to somebody morally. And for people in Jesus' day, it, it, we've lost it now because we have so many people in debt. I think, every, I think we're all in debt here. You know, everybody owes somebody something. But in Jesus' day, uh, canceling the a debt was really, really huge uh, because failure to pay a debt could result, as in our story, um, having your entire family sold to pay the debt. You essentially become a slave of the person to, you, to whom you owe something or getting thrown in debtor's prison. And if you read any Charles Dickens, people were always getting thrown into debtor's prison in Charles Dickens' day. So... Um, while nuanced differently, all the terms, all the terms have the, the same overall connotation. They're violations of the obligations that we owe to God and to others. They're, they're unfulfilled responsibilities and acts committed that are simply not in harmony with God's will, right? All, all of them reflect humanity's brokenness and highlight our daily need for forgiveness. Now, I'm thinking we're all really all on board with the idea of God forgiving our sins, right? It's, it, he forgives our sins, he forgets our trespasses, he forgives our, our debts, whatever the word is. We, we know that we've messed up, either intentionally or not, and we know that God's forgiveness is key to our ability to live as God's beloved children in this world. It's the part that follows that we often have trouble with, this part where we say, forgive us our trespasses or sins or debts, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And it's made even tougher if we go on and reread the part in Matthew's Gospel afterwards. Jesus says, for if you forgive others their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. It sounds a heck of a lot like we're asking God to treat us just like we treat others, which is really bad, right? I don't know about you, but if I were, if I were to ask God to treat me like I treat other people, it would be pretty darn scary. And if we still don't get it, remember our reading a few minutes ago, right? After first informing Peter that there is really no limit to how many times we're called to forgive people who ask for forgiveness, Jesus then tells this story filled with exaggeration and hyperbole about a king who forgives one of his servants an unimaginably large debt, and then that same service servant refuses to forgive another servant's much smaller debt. And, and you, you can't get the full effect here unless you understand the differences in the amount of debt. The, 
the, for, the king forgives a debt which is large beyond belief. You don't under, I don't understand how anybody can ever accumulate this much debt. It would take 200,000 years to repay this debt, okay? 200,000 years. Needless to say, um, Jesus is speaking a bit of hyperbole and exaggeration here. The debt that the fellow servant owes is 100 days worth, okay? 100 days worth, not a, not a small debt by any means, but, but nothing compared to 200,000 years, okay? And I bet, I bet that when you heard this story, each of us had this pretty much the same visceral reaction. It's really hard not to, right? How dare he? How dare, with the gall of that servant, accepting the king's forgiveness on this huge debt that would have destroyed his entire family forever and ever, and then turning around and not forgiving this servant this really, really small, small debt. And you say, the gall of that servant, how dare he, until, of course, we realize that Jesus is telling that parable to us, right? We, we are sometimes that unforgiving servant. And then it puts the whole parable in an entirely different light. Now, not for a minute, let's come back, this is gospel people, not for a minute do I believe that God will refuse to forgive us even if we don't or can't forgive others. This, this is who God is, a God of forgiveness, a God of love, a God of mercy. But the parable reinforces what Jesus says to us in the prayer. You guys, we need to really seriously take understand this idea of forgiving others. We need to take it really, really seriously. As God's children, part of our calling, part of, part of the way that we bring God's kingdom to earth, part of the way we hallow God's name and fulfill God's will is to forgive others as God forgives us. You guys, it's, it's just like the, the same, in the same sermon, later in the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus says, we gotta forgive our enemies, right? We gotta, we gotta love and pray for people who persecute us. This is all really, really hard stuff, but it's one of those things like forgiving, like God forgives, it's one of those things that make us stand out from the rest of the world, right? And you know why it makes us stand out? Because this kind of forgiveness does not come naturally. This is not the way people normally treat each other because it's really, really hard. In fact, sometimes it's almost impossibly hard to do, at least if we're going to try and do it on ourselves, by ourselves. This is the kind of stuff that we can only do with God's help. Now, I'm sure. I'm sure that we have all forgiven people wrongs that they've done us, debts that, that we've been owed, sins that they've committed against us. And, and sometimes it's not all that hard to do because the, the things were relatively slight and maybe they were unintentional and the person is, is very sorry. But there are other times when, when we have been the victim of something that's seemingly inexcusable, a betrayal so deep, a wrong so hurtful, an act so uncaring, done by an actor who's completely unremorseful, that even though, even though we know, we know what we're called to do, it seems impossible to actually do it. But here's the thing, you guys. God calls us to forgive all those who trespass against us, not for their sakes, not for their sakes, but for ours. Remember? Remember the definition of forgiveness that we talked about earlier, about releasing or setting something free? God knows that we need to forgive others in order for us to be set free. Okay, hear that, in order for us to be set free. And we know this, an inability to forgive often puts us 
in our own type of prison, right? In our, in our own type of prison, of, a prison of bitterness, a prison of, of anger uh, toward the offender where, where we're trapped by the past and we, and we can't move forward. We hold the key. Guys, we, we hold the key. Forgiving is the way to open those prison doors. By forgiving others, we are freed to live more as the people God has called us to be. Now, forgiveness is not forgetting or excuses in behavior. It's not saying that nothing happened or that we weren't hurt or that the person isn't guilty of whatever happened. Forgiveness is not a free pass. It's not something done out of weakness. And if you, and, and I'm sure all of you know this, if you've forgiven something from, from something that's really, really hard, something that really, really hurts you, you know how strong and how courageous you have to be to do that, right? Forgiveness is not stuffing or denying your anger, it's resolving your anger by releasing it to God. And this is key, because people often get this stuff mixed up. Forgiveness is not the same as reconciliation. It may lead to reconciliation, it may lead to a return of trust, but that's not always possible, and sometimes it's not even safe. And we know that forgiveness can be a really difficult and long process. Sometimes it takes a really, really long time. C.S. Lewis, you know, the guy who wrote the Narnia books, an, an, an amazing um, Christian theologian, he writes that he struggled most of his life, most of his life with trying to forgive a teacher for something that teacher did to him while he was still a child. And it wasn't until Lewis was into his 60s that he, had, he felt he had finally been able to forgive. And I know sometimes if you're anything like me, you think you've got it, you think you've forgiven, and then something happens and all of a sudden you're reminded and, and the anger comes flooding back and you realize you, you haven't forgiven at all. You've just compartmentalized or stuffed or hidden or whatever. Um, so it's a, it's a really, really long process. But here's the thing, you guys. We know, we know that there are no exceptions to Jesus' call to forgive. But we also know that while we have a perfect God who forgives perfectly, we are broken. Each and every one of us are broken and we can't always do what God calls us to do despite our best efforts. At least we can't do it by ourselves, right? Which is why we pray this petition to ask God to give us what we need to help us do what sometimes seems impossible to do, to forgive others just as God forgives us. So, more homework for today. And I actually have, I had two homework assignments written and I couldn't decide which one to do until right now. So, hopefully we are still praying the Lord's Prayer three times a day. And each time we pray, hopefully we're listening to what God wants to say to us. And again today, I invite you to, like we did last week, I invite you to figuratively bring, do not grab a person and bring them up with communion, but figuratively bring with you as you come up to communion someone who needs, someone who know, you know needs God's physical or emotional or spiritual bread today. Think about that person, bring them up, and then as you head back after communion, think about how you can be the answer to that prayer. And in addition, because we're getting new, new assignments each and every day, today and each day this week, I want you to try and live into the forgiveness that God offers to you and empowers each of you to offer to others as well. So each morning, because we're praying it three times a day, each morning as you pray the Lord's Prayer, I want you to ask God to work in you to forgive those people who cross your path that day, okay? Forgive those people who cross your path that day. You aren't going to know who they are, obviously, because it hasn't happened. You aren't going to know what the, what the slights or the, the, the wrongs are going to be. Um, but before you start the day, you're going to ask God to help, and I can't think of a better way to say this, help you pre-forgive, pre-forgive 
um, people who might do or say something that hurts you or stirs up strong emotions during that day. Ask God to give you some grace, because sometimes we don't have enough left over for ourselves. Ask God to give you some grace, some extra grace, and to help you extend that grace to others that you come across. And then, at the end of the day, because I know myself, and I'm gonna have to do this part too, as you again pray this prayer, thank God for being there to help you throughout the day, right? Help you ex extend forgiveness to those people you already pre-forgave, and then confess and let go of those times during the day when you didn't do quite as good a job of forgiving as you had hoped you might do at the beginning of the day. And throughout it all, you guys, remember, know that God continues to love and to forgive you no matter what happens to you throughout the day. Amen. We hope you enjoyed this podcast and that you're able to bring some of these concepts into your life. Come back next week for another episode of Faith for All. Faith for All was created by Cross of Glory Church. If you'd like more information on Cross of Glory, please visit our webpage at crossofglory.com where you can learn more about the church, see our upcoming events, and watch previous services and sermons. You can also find us on Facebook and YouTube. Everyone, and we do mean everyone, is welcome to join us at 9.30 a.m. each Sunday morning for worship on our website, Facebook, YouTube, or in person at 14719 West 163rd Street, Homer Glen, Illinois. If you enjoyed this podcast, please tell your friends, family, and anyone else you can think of about it. Faith for All is available on Podbean, Spotify, Apple and Google Podcasts, or wherever else you find podcasts. Todd Mazera created our original music, John Uzardo engineered the sound, Jeff Wanderson handled the production duties, and I'm your friend and humble announcer, Andrew Morin. Thank you for joining us. Thank you.